This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, Raw Beauty crew. It is Erin. I hope everybody is doing amazing. Take a little moment to do a checkup from the neck up, checking in. How's the mental health? Where are your thoughts at? Where are you noticing resistance in your life? And sometimes just bringing a little bit of awareness to it, maybe taking a nice deep cleansing breath can be all the change that we need. In today's episode, we are going to be following up on the previous two episodes. We're doing a little series here to get you into your body. So if you are tuning in and you haven't listened to those other episodes, you will definitely get something from this conversation, but you may find it helpful to just back the train up here for a second and to go listen to Coaching with Erin, Your Body is on Your Team, or Coaching with Erin, Honoring Hunger. Today's episode, we are talking all about honoring fullness. So recognizing when you are full and then honoring that within the body. Oftentimes we know when we're full, but we just keep on eating. Or for some of you, you're listening right now and you're like, I don't really know when I'm full unless I'm absolutely stuffed to the brim. So if you're nodding your head, this episode is for you. And to be honest, none of us really learned how to do this. It's not like we receive a manual around how to eat or how not to eat. We pick things up from within our family home, from our caregivers, from our friends, from our peers, from people we look up to, from experts. So this really is an invitation to come back to your own body, your own unique self, and to start working on the same team as your body. I think it, this is just like so important because at the end of the day, it is you and your body. You are on a team. You are in a relationship with one another. You have got to learn how to communicate with your body, how to actively listen to your body. And the more that you do this, the more strong and powerful and aligned and confident you will feel in your body. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about really understanding and being able to recognize when you are full, when you've had enough nourishment or food to eat. We're going to talk about the optimal amount to eat for your specific body. We're going to talk about the important difference between being full and being satisfied. You've got to understand this <laughs> in this whole conversation. So I'm excited to talk to you about this point. We're going to talk about why you keep eating, even though you know that you're full or you should be done. And then the fifth thing we're going to discuss are some strategies to help you really tune into your own fullness and to honor that. So starting off, let's talk about how we know when we are full. 
In last week's episode, we talked about recognizing and identifying our hunger signals. We talked about how those are physical signs that our body shares with us. So things like a growling stomach or a bit of a headache, a change in temperature, an inability to focus. These are all ways that the body says, hey, Erin, I'm getting hungry. Now, how do you know what fullness feels like? The feeling of being full is a lot more subtle than hunger. Hunger is quite acute. Like the body needs fuel in order to operate, in order to survive. The fullness level of the body isn't so primal. It's not imperative to our survival. And so these cues are a little bit more subtle. One of the first things that may tell you that you are full or have had enough is simply the absence of hunger. So feeling like some of those physical symptoms that I mentioned before, the growling tummy, the temperature change, the focus, feeling an absence of those things can indicate that we've got food in the system. It can also feel like a certain level of satisfaction, or we may start to notice things like a bit of indigestion, or maybe we burp, or we're starting to feel a bit of a more heavy sensation or a bit of uh, a tired sensation. We might be unbuttoning the pants. So if we're looking at that hunger and fullness scale that we talked about last week, we've got a scale, imagine almost a thermometer, zero at the bottom is you are still hungry, you're not full at all. 10 out of 10 on the fullness scale means that you are at that stage where you are unbuttoning your pants, you are very uncomfortable, and you're saying to someone, oh, I ate too much. We've all been there, right? We do not need to be eating to a 10 out of 10 on the fullness scale all the time. It will happen every once in a while, but if we are always eating to that 10 out of 10, it's too much for our body. It impacts our digestion, the way that we feel, our energy. And so we actually want to be eating closer to an, a 7 or an 8 out of 10 on that fullness scale. Now, as you're starting to tune into your hunger and fullness cues and you're opening the lines of communication again, it's going to take a lot of effort to know when it is that you're full. And you're probably going to eat more than you actually need more often than not, or you won't eat enough. When we've eaten to a point of optimal fullness, we will also feel satisfied in general for sort of one to three hours. So we're not hungry again 15 minutes later. That means that we didn't eat enough. See how this is really nuanced and it takes practice to start to identify how much food you need and how often you need to eat. Okay, so back to that fullness scale. Zero out of 10, you still need food. You are still hungry. At about a five out of 10, we're starting to slow down our eating. We're recognizing that there is an absence of hunger. We are starting to feel satisfied. And then at that seven or eight out of 10, we are putting our fork down on our plate. We are maybe pushing the plate away from us and making a statement like, hmm, I think I'm good or I'm feeling full now to signify the end of our snack or our meal. Now, this part can feel a little bit challenging to some people. If you were raised in a family where you had to clear your plate, we like to call this the clean plate club, then we can feel guilty about leaving food on the plate or we can feel like it is wrong. 
But I want to remind you that you are not a garbage compactor. And in this situation, we're really trying to get you back on the same team as your body, working with your body. So I'm going to encourage you to listen to those cues. Now, as you get better at knowing what your body needs and how much food you need, you probably won't take as much or you'll put some food back before you start eating. You can also always pack this away for leftovers for the next day. Leftovers are the most amazing lunch option. So keeping that in mind as well. But it is really important to know that if you want optimal health and you want to be working with your body, then you don't need to be filling it and stuffing it to the brim every snack and every meal. This means that there will likely be times when you don't finish your whole meal or you don't finish your whole snack or you open the the chips or the crackers and you don't finish all of it. I just have to name that. Put your hand up right now. You know who I'm talking to if you're part of that clean plate club. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order, and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. Okay. So we've identified or started to identify how you know when you are full. This is going to take some trial and error. So just tuning into those signals, noticing the absence of hunger, a feeling of 
satisfaction, and feeling like you've had enough that it will last you for one to two hours. It's also important if you've been in a cycle of restricting food or dieting to remind yourself that you can eat again. Food will not be taken away. And even if you are hungry in 30 minutes, you can by all means have more food. So just ensuring that your mind-body system knows it's not going to go into a place of restriction. So you don't need to panic eat. You don't need to stockpile like a little squirrel. You know, if you push your plate away and you finish this meal now and you're hungry again in a moment, you can have some more. Just keep reminding yourself that because sometimes it's almost like there's this underlying fear that food might be taken away, and so you've got to get it all in. If you lived in a family where food was scarce when you were younger or if there were times when you couldn't eat, this sometimes this is a deeply embedded fear that you hold where it can feel like as an adult you're still scrambling to get all the food that you can get. So reminding yourself that you're safe, you can have more food, this isn't your last bite of pasta, it's not the last meal that you're going to have, you can eat again soon, it's just stopping for now. All right, I touched briefly on this idea of feeling satisfied when you're at that 7 to 8 out of 10. But I really want to talk about the difference between being full and being satisfied. There's a really important distinction here. Full is a sensation of our stomach stretching. So the the stomach can become full with water. It can become full with lettuce. It can become full with a big Christmas dinner or holiday dinner. It's a sensation of the stomach stretching, and that stretching sends signals to our brain to inform our brain that there's food in the stomach. Satisfaction is a combination of the fullness from the stomach stretching and addressing or meeting a craving that we have. So it's a combination of things, the fullness or stretching of the stomach and meeting a craving that we have. Have you ever been in that that situation where you eat something that is quote unquote healthy or you pick the good food. And it's like a plate of veggies and maybe some bland chicken or just a big salad. And afterwards you're like, okay, I know I should be done, but I'm still thinking about food or I still want something that's crunchy or I'm still craving something sweet or something chocolatey. So in that case, you are full. Your stomach has stretched, but you are not yet satisfied. And until you are satisfied and have met that craving, you're probably still going to think about food. So remember when you're picking your snacks or meals to not only consider what's going to fill you up, but also what is going to satisfy your cravings. So if you are craving chocolate and you fill yourself up with a big salad, you're still going to be thinking about chocolate. You're still going to be thinking about food. And most likely you'll pick something else that's healthy, like you add an apple in. And by the time you've try to fill yourself up enough that the craving for chocolate goes away, you could have probably had two chocolate bars with the amount that you've eaten of all the other things. So instead, give yourself the salad and break off a few pieces of chocolate. That combination will help you feel both full and satisfied. And that satisfaction factor will allow you to stop thinking about food and to move on to the next part of your day. So you can get back to work or be present with your kids 
or just enjoy yourself going for a walk, whatever it is that you're doing. You're not hunting for that thing that you're initially craving at the beginning. So this is the really important difference between being full and satisfied. And I want you to start looking for the satisfaction factor in every snack and meal that you are having. Okay, let's touch on the optimal amount to eat. The optimal amount to eat. It honestly feels like every health and wellness expert out there has good intentions, but has some idea as to how much you should be eating. The portion control on different diagrams that we've seen, or the number of calories that we should have, or the number of macros that we should have. But what I want to empower you with is the ability to tune into your own body and the subtle or not so subtle cues that it is giving you so that you can identify when you are about 70 to 80% full on that fullness scale that we talked about earlier. It's really interesting. Many researchers have studied what we call blue zone regions in the world. And these are hotspots where people live extraordinarily long and healthy lives. And one of the places that is known as the blue zone region is Okinawa, Japan. In Okinawa, men's average age uh, or average lifespan is 80 years old. And for women, it is 90 years old. And not only are they living long lives, they're living well into these later years, free from disease, able to move, all of these beautiful things. Now, they studied, of course, what are these people doing? And one of the things that they noticed is that they tend to eat until they're about a seven or an eight out of 10 on that fullness scale. So they eat until they're about 70 to 80% full. So when you're looking at the optimal amount to eat, there are so many factors that are coming into play. Your metabolism, genetics, how often you're moving during the day, the makeup of your body's muscle composure versus fat composure. There are just so many pieces that come into play if you have any health concerns. So rather than worrying about what everyone else is eating and whether it's right for them and whether you should be eating more like that, instead I want you to start to focus on what you are eating and trying to land at about that 7 or 8 out of 10 on the fullness scale. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, Erin, I may be able to recognize when I'm 7 to 8 out of 10 full, like when I'm 70 to 80% full on this scale. Sure, okay? I'm going to work on managing that and recognizing that and having more awareness around it. But I know I am going to keep eating even if I recognize that. You're not alone, I just want to say. I mean, there were so many years when I was like, I know I'm eating way more than I need to, but either I don't ever feel full or I just keep eating anyways. It's like this force or compulsion has come over me and I'm just going to grab food regardless. So let's talk about why we do that. Why do we keep eating even when we know that we're full or we recognize that we're full? Generally, this is because we're emotionally eating. And emotional eating is when you use food to help you cope with different difficult emotions that you are feeling. So you're feeling sad or you're feeling bored or you're feeling stressed. And we're eating to try and change those emotions, to numb those emotions, to make ourselves feel better. 
And so if we are using food as a way of making ourselves feel better, well, we could eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and still feel sad and there would be no off button. There's nothing telling us or supporting us in knowing when we can stop because food can't actually solve or support our emotional needs. So when we're talking about this, what I would really love is for you to start to identify, you know, what emotions do I not feel safe embodying? What emotions are uncomfortable for me? What emotions do I try to suppress? Almost imagine yourself for a moment shoving those emotions down with food. It's almost like this is what you're trying to do. And I remember feeling this way when I was binge eating. It was like I was so dysregulated in those moments. It was almost like I was shoving everything down with the food that I was putting in my mouth. So just noticing, and you may not know the answer right now as you're listening to this, but as you move throughout the week and you notice, okay, the the kids are in bed or the work's done and I'm sitting down and I'm watching Netflix and I'm eating, eating, eating. What is the emotion that I'm feeling right now? Or even how am I feeling in my body? Like if you bring your awareness down into your body, do you notice, oh, I'm tight in the chest right now, or I've got this pain across my shoulders that feels really big. All of these things can drive us to eat. One of the questions that I love uh, that we talked about in the last episode is just simply asking yourself the question, am I hungry? Am I hungry? And if you're finding that you're eating when you're not physically hungry, ask yourself the question, what am I hungry for that can't be solved in the fridge? Are you looking for more connection in your life? Do you want a significant other or more friendships, better relationship with your parents, whatever it is, more connection? Are you bored? Are you looking to food to fill a void because you are bored? Maybe you've experienced some trauma in your life. I know with a lot of the one-on-one clients I'm working with right now, not I shouldn't say a lot of them, but I have a few who experienced some traumatic events during COVID and those events haven't been fully processed. So they're being held in the body. There needs to be an emotional release. And because they've been just trapped in the body and then that makes the body uncomfortable, food has become a coping mechanism to help manage those difficult feelings. Maybe you need movement. Maybe you're stagnant in your life. Maybe you need some excitement. Maybe you have creativity that is stored up that is just waiting to be shared with the world. You might be wondering, how are these things connected to the way that I eat? But I promise you, they are. And if you've tried different diets or you've tried to eat healthy and nothing seems to be working, then we got to go deeper. We got to look underneath the hood. So ask yourself the question, what am I hungry for that can't be solved in the fridge? And just start to bring some awareness to that. Okay, so let's do a little review here. Uh, in regards to honoring fullness. First of all, starting to identify what full feels like in your body and remembering that these these cues are going to be a little bit more subtle. We know what a 10 out of 10 on the fullness scale feels like. That's when you have left the dinner and you are unbuttoning your pants, you're lying down on the couch, there's indigestion, like you do not feel great in that state. 
we want to aim for about a seven or an eight out of 10 on that fullness scale. That's when we're putting down the forks or putting the napkin over or packing up our food. We also want to look for an absence of hunger as a sign that we are getting full. And we can start to identify, you know, which foods help me feel satisfied and full for approximately two to three hours in an ideal world. That gives us some time to go and do other things, think about other things in between our meals. Remembering that full is a sensation of the stomach stretching. You can fill up on cabbage soup if you want, but you might not feel very satisfied and you may find yourself still thinking about that salty snack or that sweet something or other, maybe even just wanting something crunchy or something warm. So ensuring that when you're picking your meals and snacks, you're not only considering what's going to fill you up, but also what is going to help you feel satisfied. Taking notes from some of the blue zone regions in the world, we're going to aim to eat until we're about 70 to 80% full. One of the tools or practices that can really help with identifying fullness is just slowing down your eating. So taking time in between your bites, actually putting your fork down, chewing your food properly, sitting down to eat, and being fully present with your meal. So turning off devices, turning off the TV, and actually just creating an environment where you can listen to your body. All of these things will support you in being able to identify those fullness cues. Now, if you find that you are still eating, even though you know that you are full, you may be eating for emotional reasons and using food as a way to cope with difficult emotions. So really starting to dig deep to identify what it is that is driving you to eat. Now, if you aren't sure, or maybe you've started to identify some of these things, but you're not sure how to move forward, I'm going to encourage you to book a Get Unstuck call with me. This is a 20-minute call where I'm going to help you identify one or two unconscious blocks that are preventing you from moving forward. If you've listened to these episodes and you're like, I'm picking things up and I'm having aha moments, but it's still feeling tricky. It's still feeling sticky. Book one of these calls with me. There's zero pressure involved. I really just want to have the opportunity to talk to some of you who are listening to the show to understand what it is that is holding you back. There are three common blocks that I see frequently, but we'll get really specific as to which one's holding you back. So just to give you a little bit of idea here, one of the things that can be a huge blocker is if your system is dysregulated. So your nervous system is in fight, flight, or freeze, which is going to hijack your ability to make conscious choices. So if you're somebody who struggles with anxiety or depression or panic disorder, maybe you're somebody who would consider themselves a bit of a workaholic, these things can all be impacting our nervous system. And then when we're in that fight, flight, freeze space, we're just not able to make the same choices. So there are things that we can do in that situation to support you. The second thing is that you may have an unconscious block or belief that is preventing you from moving forward. Often these are things that we have learned in our family unit or in our society as a whole. The idea that, for example, fat is bad or that if you gain weight, uh, no one will love you. If you have internalized this type of belief, it can make it very difficult 
for you to give yourself permission to eat, for example. Or maybe you found yourself because of those beliefs in a cycle of dieting, which has you then binge eating. But we have to unroot these beliefs that are planted deeply within in order for you to safely and effectively start to move forward. The third thing is that you are using external things like food, TV, social media. Sometimes even people will stay very busy as a way of coping with or numbing difficult emotions. And as a result, you're never working through those emotions. You're just becoming trapped by them. It's like arriving at a dark forest and there's this treasure on the other side of the forest, but you're not able to find the courage to walk through that dark forest or you don't have the path or strategy to help you get through it to the treasure on the other side. So you just kind of remain trapped. These are all things that I can support you with and I can help you understand exactly what is blocking you on this call with me. So this is the Get Unstuck coaching call. You can click the link down in my bio to book in with me. I am just going to be offering these for a couple of weeks. So if the link is there, you can still grab one of these calls with me. I can't wait to support you in uncovering your blocks. There is so much power and awareness and understanding yourself. So there's literally nothing to lose and everything to gain by booking this call. All right. I also want to remind you, I have the food freedom quiz that is totally free. That's going to help you identify if you are an emotional eater. And once you've completed that quiz, you'll get specific podcast episodes to listen to specific practices that you can start to roll into your day right now to support you in becoming a more intuitive, balanced eater. Now, I want to remind you why we're even talking about all of this stuff. Because to be honest, you know, creating a better relationship with food and your body is great, but there's a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is that when you have food and body freedom, so when you are not thinking about food so much, when you are working on the same team as your body, when you look in the mirror and you feel proud of the person staring back at you, when you no longer have these thoughts about food and your body taking up so much mental capacity, it frees you up to do the SHIT that you were put here to do. You innately have a purpose within you. There is a reason that you are here, and it is not just to think about food and your body. So yes, we're talking about this a lot on the show because it's something that trips up so many women. It keeps us playing small. It keeps us doubting ourselves. It keeps us out of alignment with our body. It removes us from our power. And only when we move through this can we get to that treasure on the dark side of the forest. And that's where you're able to be more present in your life. It's where you are rooted in your gifts. It's where you are standing in your power. It's where you know your boundaries. It's where you have healthy, solid relationships. It's where you have the career that you dream of. It's where you start to manifest good stuff into your life. That's what actually gets me excited. But I know, because I've lived it myself, that in order to get you there, we got to walk through the forest. We got to learn some skills and build some strength while we're going there and going through it. And that is what I am here to support you with. Okay? So do the food freedom quiz for me. Get on that coaching call. Literally, what is holding you back? Does it make sense to do this call? Does it make sense to do this free call? Yes, of course it does. All right? So be brave. Take a chance. Believe in yourself. 
Take what resonates from this episode. Leave the rest behind. I can't wait to see you next week. Next week, we're going to be chatting about body image. I asked on Instagram what everyone was needing some support with, and this one came in loud and clear. So body image will be next week's episode. I am bringing back guests. Don't worry. They're coming. But it will be in the new year, and I have a very special guest who will be finishing out this year with me. I have been trying to get this guy on my podcast for a couple of years. If you know who it is, you know. So stay tuned. I'll see you back here next week for body image tips and then a special guest at the end of the year. And then we'll be returning to regular programming next year. All right, everyone. Sending you so much love. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.